Thanks for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church Podcast. For more information, check us out at cbctaylorville.com. Join us now as our guest speaker delivers this week's message. Well, it is great to be back here. Let me tell you, I am so excited because I have been traveling, visiting churches, sharing our call to Australia, our, our work and everything that we've done over there. And I've seen many different churches, been in many different services. I've been in some great churches and some wonderful churches. And I've also been in some others that it was... Now, let's not go any further and say anything like that. But it's great to be back here at Calvary. Great to be home. Let me tell you, this is our home. This is a place that we feel so welcome at. And we should feel that way, right? Thank you for that. Now, I, I did not bring my sign. How many of you remember my sign? And we... Okay, she has still yet to learn when to say amen. <laughs> Wrong time. So what I thought I'd do is, if I need help, this is an amen, and this is a praise the Lord. All right, you can pick either one. If you want to go praise the Lord here and amen over here, I don't really care. It's up to you, but you can, you're welcome to do that. I am, um, let's see, do we have our, yeah, there we go. We are. And there's a blank there in Christ, and we're going to fill that in as we go along. Um, now, I don't know how you'll feel about this, but my wife did not want me to share this little story with you, but I just, I want to. I, I have to. But Pastor Jim was called to serve in a church in uh, San Antonio, Texas, okay? And he had been pastoring a, a smaller church in Minnesota. And so he was greeted warmly. He moved into the parsonage. And he uh, had his first official meeting with the deacons on a Tuesday. And he said, brothers, I am, uh, I'm interested in getting to know you and request your help in doing this. By meeting here at the church on Saturday at 10 a.m., and while, while I was in Minnesota, we used to go out and we used to bungee jump off of a bridge. And we had a great time doing that. It built up a lot of camaraderie. We had a wonderful time. And I'd like to do that with you guys if you would. So let's meet here Saturday morning. So Saturday morning, the deacons all showed up. And they got into this, uh, up on this bridge overlooking this Medina River is what it's called. Once they arrived, they went there. They observed there was a Hispanic family down below at the bottom. And, and they were having some kind of a party or something going on. And so the pastor says, you know what, I, I'll shorten this bungee cord so we don't disrupt that family and their, their time down there. So he tied off the cord. He put it on. And he says, now I'll show you everybody how it's done. And he jumped off. And, the, and he, as he jumped off and he's heading towards the bottom, there's this huge cloud of dust that kicked up. And, and all of a sudden, as he comes back up, he rose up level with the deacons. He says, help! And then he fell back down before they could grab him. And again, a dust stirred up the bottom. And, of course, it was just a, a mad frantic down there. And as he came back up, he said, help me! And this time, they were able to grab hold of him and pull him over to the side. And once he was on the bridge and he was safe again, he says to them, what's the piñata? I told you that would work. <laughs> All right. See, I, I'm, uh, I'm deep in my, my jokes, okay? You got to understand, I'm deep in them. Oh, I tell you, I, I, uh, I, there was one time I remember there was a pastor. He was working, doing some carpentry work. He was pounding away, and this little boy came up and was watching him there on the side, and he's thinking, I must be really impressing this young man with my carpentry uh, experience and abilities here. He's just staying there watching me. And so he thought, that that's really great. And so he said to, he said to the son, well, son, 
Are you picking up some pointers on carpentry work here? And nope, nope, says the little boy. He says, I'm just waiting to hear what a preacher says when he hits his thumb. I hope that that's not us as Christians, amen? amen. Now, I am, I am going to be here next week, and I believe that this is probably going to be a sermon that's going to carry over. So uh, hopefully, if you're not gone for the Thanksgiving time, you'll be back to hear the rest of it. But as I begin to prepare this sermon, and let me just check and make sure, because I've been adding to it. Okay, I have 131 screens on here. So w- w- somebody let me know when 2 o'clock arrives, okay? I'm just teasing. Some of you are going, ah, let's go now. Let's get out of here before. The first one we're going to look at is we are thankful in Christ. Thankful. What do we have coming up here in the next few days? Thanksgiving. You know, before I go any further, though, let's just stop. Pull back for just a second. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, asking to be upon this time. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something for me. Please pray for me as I preach this message, okay? I need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me. You need the Holy Spirit to talk to you today. So all of us need to have our hearts prepared. So let's do that at this time. Dear Lord, we thank you for this uh, wonderful privilege that we have to be in your house, to hear your word. Help each one of us, Lord, as we hear the word today, that our hearts and our minds will be prepared, that we prepare our hearts and minds, Lord, to receive your message that we open up our hearts and minds to the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding for us. Help me, Lord, that I will share the word of God that you have, that I will not be in the way and your Holy Spirit might work through me. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful church and the testimony it has. May we all go out of here changed people because we've been in God's house today. In your name I pray, amen. Now, I don't know if you can tell or not or hear it in my voice, but I've come to Taylorville and it's allergy time for me. Yeah, some of you are aiming me on that. Well, I have, I'm struggling through it, so just pray with me. I've got pockets full of tissues here. I put a little trash can down there. So if I have to stop and wipe my nose, I'm not going to say a bunch of excuses, excuse me's. Just forgive me this one time, please, okay? All right, thank you. We are thankful in Christ. The first verse we're going to look at is 1 Chronicles 16 and verse 34. says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Amen to that. Amen to that. Oh, give thanks. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That one sometimes can be difficult. Amen? Right here. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard in life and the circumstances that we're going through to be thankful. Right? I know that somebody over here has a, lost a voice, and they're not so thankful about that. The rest of us may be, right? Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I already said that to her privately, so that's a good, it's okay. Don't get mad or upset with me or be offended. But just think about this. It might be bad now, but it could be a whole lot worse. And if it were not for the God, God the Father, holding back those things from our lives, we could be in a worse situation than we are right now. And that is a reason to be thankful. Praise him that he is watching over him, holding back anything that we cannot handle because Scripture tells us he will not give us more than we can handle in this life. So we need to be thankful for that. Another thought would be we understand exactly how wonderful and gracious and Savior our God has been to us in forgiving us of our sins. Amen? You and I, we deserve hell. 
we deserve hell. But because of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross and our accepting him as our Savior, we've been forgiven if we've asked for that. Amen to that. I, I always bring that up in our prayer. We, by the way, we pray for you every night. We pray as you seek a pastor, somebody that will be a godly man who will lead you to greater things. You know, what we see in the past in Calvary, and you may go, well, I remember things in the past and how they were. Well, the Lord can take you there again or beyond. Amen? He can. So trust him. Put your trust in him around that. But as, I, as we pray for you each night, we pray that the Lord will have his hand upon you, and not just as a church, but individuals, that you'll be able to go beyond where you've been. As a Christian, do we stop growing? Never do we stop growing. We're continually. That's why we suffer in this world, because those sufferings bring us closer to God. Amen? Yeah. They're meant to bring us there. Some people I've seen, though, when circumstances aren't the way they like, they run away from God. And I, I'm amazed and I'm astounded at that. How can you run from God who has been so gracious and kind to forgive you of your sins because a little difficulty in life comes on? Because when I got saved, everybody said, now life is going to be sweet. There's not going to be ever trouble. You'll never be sick. You'll never have any problems whatsoever. I never heard that. Did you hear that? Somebody lied to you if you did. This world is Satan's domain, is it not? That's right. It is. So we should expect some of the things that come into our lives are going to be difficult and hard to handle. But I would, I would much rather have difficulty with Christ than difficulty without him. Oh, we need that so much. How, how about this? Have you ever thought about uh, when you're thankful to the Lord and you sit around and you're thinking about the bad things in life, you can't be thankful? Isn't it true? You can only really focus on one side of that. Oh, man, my leg hurts so bad. Praise God, you know, you can't really do both at the same time. If you're complaining, you can't be thankful. If you're thankful, you're not complaining. We spend too much time focusing on what we don't have instead of what we have in Christ Jesus. And I know that you've, you're probably going, man, I've heard this before. We need to be reminded. That's why this word of God right here that we read from reminds us each and every time of the shortcomings we have in our lives. The things that don't measure up to God's standard, we're reminded. So when we hear preaching, the preaching should be something that we hear again and again. Because guess what? A lot of times, we have not arrived. We have not attained perfect spirituality. Now, I know there's some in here that may think that they have. But I've got to tell you, we all have weaknesses, don't we? We all have shortcomings when it comes to God and his word. Have you ever thought about how negative we really are? Usually we focus on the bad stuff of life and blame God for that. When we should take that bad stuff and blame Satan for that. He's the one that brought sin into the world through the temptation of man. And man first committed that sin, isn't he? It's his fault. It's he's the one that tempted him. I, I, I thought about um, the time when we were in Australia. And we, we loved being over there and serving the Lord. And then all of a sudden, the sickness came, you know, that I had. And I'm so thankful that he has brought me through that. But, boy, there were times, there were dark times. And I had to just say, you know, I can't do this, God. I need you. Help me, Lord. He did not go, okay, boom, you're healed right now. It took time. It took time. And it took patience on my part. How many of you love patience? No, nobody likes patience. Nobody likes it. And I did something really silly when I was younger. I said, 
God, teach me patience. <laughs> if you've never done that, try it. <laughs> Come see me afterwards, okay? <laughs> I'm telling you, patience is one of those things that I learned yesterday because I just got tired of waiting for it. You understand? You never learn patience. You really don't. You get better at it, but you don't learn it. As I always say, there's three answers to any problem, any question, anything that you're having. There's a yes, there's a no, and there's a wait. That's where patience comes in. Because sometimes God says wait, but the answer is still going to be no. But we, after all that waiting, I shouldn't have to wait. I should, I should get a yes. But God never said you're going to get a yes, did he? The Lord's never going to give you everything that you want. But what we need to do is we need to be thankful for what we do have. The ability to be here today. There are many folks on, online right now who would just love to be here in church. But for some reason or another, they cannot. And we should be thankful that we get to sit here together, fellowship. <coughs> I love it when I can come in and I get to see your smiling faces. Because I, I get excited when somebody smiles at me. I go, I go through life smiling a lot. When I walk into Walmart... I, I love doing this, okay, uh, I, I know you're going to be thinking I'm a little crazy, but I love going in there smiling like this and looking at people, hey, how are you? And they go, <laughs> and I'm, inside I'm going, yeah, I like, I like doing that because it's like, you know, why is he so happy? <laughs> and I, I like to share it with them, but they don't always give me an opportunity, but I want to be somebody that smiles at other people and then watch them go. <laughs> it's fun. In Australia, my goodness, they, they're like, Walking down the street, and they're coming towards you, and you're going this way. And as I'm walking, I'm smiling. I'm, I say, G'day. And they're like, G'day. Yeah, and they're like, they don't want to talk to each other, or they just want to walk by and stuff like that. And I meet the same people all the time when I was out walking all, every day. And I do the same thing because I want them to know. As a matter of fact, I, I'm sure I'll just jump from that story to another story. We had a place where we lived, and there was one way in our street, and we lived right at the entrance there. And so everyone that would come by, they had to drive by my house. So I took my son out when he was little, and we would play in the front yard. I may have shared this story with you. I've been sharing it with everyone. I don't know. But we, he, we would play. And as people would drive by, I'd go like this. And I'd wave at them. And they'd be driving, and they'd go, like, do I know that guy? Why is he waving at me, you know? After two years of living there, I'm telling you not. Every time they came in, the first thing they did was, we, ch we change them, you know. We change them by showing that we are friendly. Shouldn't gr God's people be that way all the time? Yeah, we shouldn't be the kind that said, get off my grass. You know, I met people like that. Don't walk on my grass like grass wasn't made to walk on. I don't, I don't get that. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, but we need to be the kind of people that when they come in, they, they, they would walk through the neighborhood at night. And if we were out there, they would stop and talk to me because they knew that I was the approachable person. That's the way God's people should be. Yeah, approachable, happy, glad to be in God's house today. When we walk, we've got troubles of the world. And listen, when you walk in here, cast them off as much as you can and say, Lord, I'm here to be blessed and I'm here to be a blessing. Right? Be a blessing to someone. Someone that you can have the worst problem in the whole building. But if, if you come in here and you're smiling and happy, people are going to be impressed by the God, the, that God is in control of your life. That's what we want to do today. Share Jesus Christ through who we are and what he is through us. Amen? Yeah. 
Boy, that is such, that is a low, low, whole lot of free stuff I gave you there. Not even in my message there. So maybe now we're up to 150 pages, okay? <laughs> we need to assign blame where it belongs on Satan. Don't look to God and blame God for the problems of this life and this world. It's Satan's fault. It's his fault. Put it where it belongs and thank God that he has protected you from even worse. Amen? Now let's go to Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, there's the prayer and supplication. Everything by prayer. Prayer is, 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 is bringing to God um, the, the things that you want in life, the, the things that you not want. Pleading with God is supplication. Prayer is just bringing those things before the Lord. Take care of my church. Take care of my pastor. Take care of our deacons. Take care of uh, my family. He, you know, so forth. And, and supplication is pleading to God. Please, God, these things here, I really would love for you to help us out with. Whatever it may be. So don't worry about anything, he first he says. And then by prayer and supplication. Now, the next part is where some of us tend, tend to have a real hard time with. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Being thankful for the things that you have. We can go through life always wanting more, right? Have you ever met a person who is completely happy with everything they had? You ever meet a billionaire? No. <laughs> I'm really wanting to. No, never mind. No, just don't go there. But you, you, you meet a billionaire, they're, they're not happy with all that they have. They want more. How much more? Just a little more. People in, li in life in this world always want just a little bit more. Let's go to verse 7. And the peace of God. Now, I don't think we have that one up there. I did not give that to them. But the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. You want the peace of God in your life? Take your prayers, your supplications to him with thanksgiving, thanking him for all that he's done, and you will have the peace of God. There's nothing in this world greater than the peace of God. Man, that one should be on both hands right there. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes. Thank you. Okay, so the gift of God to you and I is in Ephesians 2.8. Let's look there. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. You can't be saved by yourself. You can't save yourself. No matter what you do in this world, you are, and I, we are sinners. Amen to that? We are sinners. We don't like to always admit that, but in our heart of hearts, we know we're all sinners, saved by grace. Grace. You know, I love what it says when, they, when the word, I'm sure you've heard it before, grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is given to us because Jesus Christ paid our price for our sins on the cross. We can't save ourselves. It's only by that gift of God that we can be saved. So be very, very thankful this time of the year for the gift of God, salvation. Nothing better in this world than salvation. And when we get together as family time this Thanksgiving, remember what he did for you on the cross. That should be the greatest Thanksgiving that we give to him. Amen? Okay, next thing. We are wise in Christ. We are wise in Christ. Or are we? Or at least we should be. Matthew 24. We're going to look there in just a second. I remember reading a story about a man a few years ago who was in Africa. 
in South Africa. He was visiting there, and he was walking through the streets of the village when he noticed some children. They were there on the ground. They were playing uh, marbles with these weird-shaped rocks. And so he walked over to them, and as he got a, he asked, can I have a look at that, those rocks? So on closer examination of these rocks that the children were playing, they were so poor and destitute, didn't have hardly anything, but they were out there playing in the dirt with these rocks and playing marbles with them. And he said, he looked at them, he revealed them closer. As he looked at them, he, he discovered they were diamonds in the rough. Diamonds that were rough shaped. They were not yet formed by my mankind cut. And they were playing with something so valuable and they didn't realize what they had. And that's what I want to say to us today. Do we have in our possession something so valuable that we sometimes forget what we truly have in our lives? I have been a Christian now for 52 years. I was saved at the age of seven. I have sat under preaching for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. I can't tell you how many. From the time I was six years old to, to today. I've preached many, many sermons and so forth like that. And I never want to lose the joy of knowing Jesus Christ and what he did for me and remembering that. You know, we should be wise in our lives. Use what we have to grow, to help others grow. Calvary Baptist Church exists, why? To be a witness to those out there, doesn't it? We come here to hear God's word so that we can go out and share that same word with others that do not know him. Because they're lost and dying. We think it's, it's very sad when we hear about those, those little kids playing marbles with diamonds. How much money they had in their hands. How much wealth they had, let's put it that way. And how much wealth do we have that we are sometimes playing around with and we don't share it, don't spread it? So often we play with it when we do not have to. We know that God is real. We know that Jesus is the promised Savior. We know that he died for our sins and he rose again. We know that he's coming back, but too often we don't act like we really believe that. So many times I see Christians who are living this life because they're nearsighted. They can't see beyond what is happening right here and right now. Heaven's coming. Do you know that? Amen. Yeah, thank you for that. Anybody else know heaven's coming? Amen. Yes, heaven's coming. Are you excited about that? Yeah. I believe God can get us excited about heaven, but I believe sometimes people go, well, you know, I, I really like what's going on. I want to stay here a little longer. There's nothing wrong with that. We understand that one day we'll be with God in heaven. As a matter of fact, I had recently, just um, a couple weeks ago, uh, a fellow missionary, um, my best friend for 50 years, just went to heaven. He's, he's um, two months younger than me. Man, I'm telling you, it was, it was a tough time for me. But I knew where he was. He'd had a stroke about three years ago, and so half of his body wasn't working. And he limped, and he was getting sicker and sicker. As a matter of fact, the week before he died, I said to my wife, I said, I got to go see him. I got to go see him. He, he sounds terrible. I don't know how much longer he's going to be here. And sure enough, the Lord called him home. And I, I, did, I preached his funeral and spoke there. And I tell you, the hardest things I had to do, because I missed him, but I knew he was in a better place. He was no longer struggling with that, that body that wouldn't work properly anymore. He had gone on to glory. And I'll guarantee you right now, if I went there and said to him, come back to earth, you know what he'd say? No way. <laughs> I'm not going back down there. I've, look what I've got here. Look who is here. Jesus Christ. I see him every day. 
Well, not a day. There's no day in heaven, right? But I see him all the time. He would not want to be back here. We don't need to live nearsighted. We don't need to live for the now. We need to live for the future. Amen. How many love what the body's doing as you get older? No. Right? No, let's not do that. Let's not go there. I'm telling you what, uh, uh, man, I wake up every day and I go, now that never hurt before. Why is that? Oh, boy, you slept wrong. What? I get hurt because I slept wrong? Tell, who can explain all this stuff? When you're young, and these, these young people don't got a clue, do they? They don't know what's coming, right? The rest of us do. When you're young, you can sleep in any weird position you want to, right? But as you get older, when you do that, you wake up like this. Uh-huh. Yeah, get ready. Get ready. Okay. So, anyway, that was mean, but so what, all right? I'm suffering. They need to know. They're going to suffer one day, too. No. Now, that's not a very good Christian attitude. I understand. Go to Matthew chapter 24, as I mentioned to you earlier, verse 42. <clears throat> but I know that, but know this, that if the good man, thank you very much. Lord mentioned me right there in the Bible. You see that? Okay. I always like to point that out, that I'm in the Bible. Okay. The good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come. He would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. <clears throat> Therefore, be ye ready. For in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants to eat and to drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Be wise. This world is not your home. We don't sometimes live that way, do we? We live like this is, uh, this is it for us. The world does. That's all they have to look forward to. This is all they have. We have something so far greater than we can imagine. What we can, we can even think of is waiting for us. And when we get there, it, what we'll all look back and go with regret. Man, if I only had lived for the future. Now, I'm not saying we don't live in the right present, but we don't sit here and we don't think and worry about what's going on right now. I'm, I'm, there are many times I get mad at what's going on in Washington. I, I don't live around that. You know, I look at it and I go, most of them, they don't know. They don't have a clue. Their eyes are blinded to the truth by Satan. Now, I'm not saying that they're all supremely wicked and all this, but I'm saying they don't know the truth. The truth has been hidden from them because the Holy Spirit has not revealed it to them. So we should have pity on them and elect godly men. Amen? We're just here on a short stay. How many of you, um, well, I don't know where, where we Let's just say, how many consider yourself old? You don't have to raise your hands, but you consider yourself old. 12 years old. <laughs> Way to ruin a sermon, kid. 
How many of you, though, older other than him, we, we know that we're old, and yet this life has passed so quickly. I remember so long, short time ago when I first arrived at this church, and it's been close to 30 years ago. Yeah, and I just go, wow, where did the time go? I, that's why I don't wear glasses when I look in the mirror anymore. I'm still young and smooth looking. <laughs> ah, the rest of you going, I know what you mean. I put on the glasses. Where did the wrinkles come from? Yeah, but hey, you have the knowledge of God's grace inside of you. Will you be wise with it? Will you act uh, logically with it? Will you do what God has commanded us to do? As he says here in this passage of scripture, if you're caught unaware because you weren't prepared and waiting for Jesus Christ to return, you are a fool. You are not wise in Christ. God never intended for the Christian life to be a side dish or a hobby that we go through in life. You know, taking care of real priorities. No, I hate people when do that all the time. You know, quoting stuff like that. But I did it there, okay? So just get over it. Real priorities. The real priorities are here in God's word and what he's commanded us to do. Amen? Yeah, that's why Calvary Baptist Church exists, to be a witness to everyone in this community, to share Jesus Christ with them. And we must be doing that business because we don't know when Christ is coming back. We don't have a clue. Many people live life so superficially. I mean, they're, whether they're Christians or not, most people do not spend a lot of time thinking about how, they're going, how they live, how they live their lives. If we want to see a change in the world, it must start Right here, right now, with each of us. Each of us must do that. I want to share a story with you about a young man by the name of Kurt Cobain. You've heard of him, I'm sure. Is uh, the group Nirvana? Okay, he. I read the, in the newspaper one day that he had committed suicide, killed himself, took a shotgun to his head, and killed himself. And this was a, uh, you know. It, it, a suicide is always a sad thing. I hate it when somebody takes their life like that. It just, it, I cry for that person, that that's all the hope they had in this life. The newspaper was filled with words and commentators in disbelief saying, why? It makes no sense. He had it all. A great career, a, a huge following, plenty of money, a wife, a 19-month-old daughter. Why? Why did he do that? To most people, it made no sense, but I remember thinking one thing. It does make sense because Kurt Cobain, his belief was lived out in his death. What do you mean when you say that? Well, Kurt Cobain was a self-professed humanist or nihilist. And I'll explain that in just a little bit. And, but in other words, he believed that there was no meaning or purpose to this life. I, I, I pray as Christians we never feel that way or think that way. I, I wonder when people say they're a Christian and they think that way, whether they truly are a Christian. You know what I mean? He believed there was no God. His poetry was never clear on this. He was a child of divorce at the age of eight. He began to be shifted from home to home, sometimes even being homeless. He was very vocal about his bitterness from that experience. He developed his belief that life was basically rotten and meaningless. Isn't that sad? His music often spoke of his anger and disillusionment. One of his most famous songs was called Nevermind. And its recurring line was, oh well, whatever, never mind. 
Another song he wrote never got released. It was too objectionable by the label company. And here were the lines that he, he called this song. He said, I hate myself and I want to die. Folks, there are so many people out there in this world who think the same way as Kurt Cobain, who need Jesus Christ. And we are the ones who are called to witness to them, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. In another song he wrote, Smells Like Teen Spirit, a well-known line says, I feel stupid and contagious. Here we are, now entertain us. That's what the world wants today. Have you seen that? To be entertained everywhere they go. And if they're not, they're miserable. They're miserable. Friends of Cobain said he lived, lived up to his music. Once a road crew person asked him why he was moping around so much, and he, re he replied, I'm awake, aren't I? Wow, the sadness. But you know, we pass people every day who are that way. Now, I joked earlier about it, but I smile because I want them to know there is joy in life. It's Jesus Christ. He is the one who brings true joy he is the one who can fulfill your life. Nothing in this world can do that. King Solomon, I, I know that was preached on just recently here. I think, Josh, did you do that? King Solomon talked about him a little bit. He said that life was worthless and vain, and everything that he pursued was nothing. It was, it was all meaningless to him. But he found meaning. He found meaning, he said, in the living God. Have you found meaning today? I hope there's, if there's anyone here who are hearing my words and has never accepted Jesus Christ, I hope today you find that. And if you're a Christian and you're here today and you've lost the joy that Jesus brings, I hope and pray that you get it back today. But it comes first by you making a choice to get it back. We all need to make that choice and say, I'm going to live for Jesus Christ. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm not going to do all the things I want to do. I'm going to do them for him. Because that brings you purpose and meaning in life. When I see, as I've shared with you, a story about a young man by the name of Adrian in Australia. And how that he heard the word of God and he said, I want to be saved. And he went back there and as I shared the Bible verses with him, that young man had tears coming down his eyes. And he had true repentance. And there's nothing like that in a man or a person's life. We all need forgiveness, amen? We can live superficially too often. We, are, we apply our faith where it's easy and it's convenient to do so. But we try to enjoy the world that we live in too. There's nothing wrong with having some joy in the world. But it shouldn't be our focus in life, amen? It shouldn't be all we live for to just go out and have fun. There's more to it than that. When we see Christians who live their life out, sold out to God, you know, um, not compromising in their convictions, standing up for the truth, really li living as if Jesus could return today, you know what they're, they're considered to be as? Fanatical, strange, weird, you know, an embarrassment to other Christians. Let me tell you, that is how we're supposed to live, different than the world. Amen? Amen. We should not live like the world. We should stand out and be different. I, I see people all the time. You ever been through an airport? You can really see some people that want to stand out in an airport. I mean, all around the world. You go to Australia and you will be like, whoa. Okay, because they want to be different. They want to stand out. They want people to notice them. And that's what we should do for Christ. Not for ourselves. Not for the glory. Not for the entertainment that we bring. But for him. For his name. Have convictions. Today, there's so many Christians around the world who want to do this. 
One foot in the world and one foot in Christianity. Jesus says, I wish that you were neither hot. I wish that you were hot or cold, but you are lukewarm and I spew you out of my mouth. You can't live in both worlds. We've got to make a choice, people. Today, Christians need it. Now, I, I'm so proud of this church because of what they're standing for. But we can't be happy with where we are. We must go forward for Christ. Amen? Amen. You need to find a man of God who comes in here and who is totally sold out to him. Who is someone who, who wants to do what Jesus Christ has called him to do. To share the good news of Jesus Christ. So this church will not grow only just because of numbers, but because souls are saved. Who cares how big it gets as long as people continue to get saved? Now, because of that, it will grow. It will grow. Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 17. See then that you walk circumspectfully, you know, circumspectly, not as fools but as wise. Be careful. Be wise. Be smart in what you do, how you live, because people are watching you. There was one guy, I, I think I've shared this, I don't know. Again, forgive me if I share the same stories, but I preached so many places I don't remember, and I slept last night, so, you know. But there was a guy, I was out playing golf with him in Australia, and he was uh, Asian. And, and as we played and so forth, I got to know him, talk to him about everything, and finally at the end I said, what do you do? And he shared with me, I think it was in some kind of um, uh, computer work. And then he asked him, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. And he went, I knew it! And he yelled and screamed like that. And I'm like, what's going on here? And he said, there is something about you. You have an aura around you. Now, I don't know what he was seeing. But I know that he saw that Jesus Christ, he didn't know what it was, but that's what he saw. And that's what I want people to see, right? As we go through this life, we're wise in what we do and what we say and how we act and how we live. Because there's no greater testimony than the way we live rather than the way we speak i can tell you anything but my life will prove it by the way i live amen it will okay see then that you live that you walk circumspectly circumspectly i'm having a problem with that not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil are we living in evil days we are wherefore he says be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be careful how you live. That's what he's telling us. Not as fools, but those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days, is what he's telling us. Now look at Titus chapter 2 and verses 11 through 13. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do, to live soberly, righteously, and godly. There are so many who claim, and I, you can see them, on, especially on TV, it seems like, all the time. People who claim to be preachers of the Word of God, but you look at them and you feel off, right? Am I the only one that doesn't? Okay. Shake your heads or give me an amen, please, something. Right? You're with me. I look at them, and I'm not talking about all of them. I'm just talking about some of them. You can look at them and go, something's not right. Something doesn't feel right. And what they're saying in their message and the way they present themselves in this present world, 
Now, we, we've got to understand self-control is important, amen? God challenges us to live wisely in, certain, in light of the certain times that we have. The world keeps moving more and more to the, to the uh, left, uh, left, this way, left. Okay. The world keeps moving this way. And I've seen it in my lifetime. You've seen it in yours. So is Christianity moving that way. And there'll be a point to where we've no longer moved with, how do you say it? With holiness, we've stopped. Some things we can change because it's just methodology, you know, things that we're accustomed to. But the word of God and the principles of God, the doctrine of God, that, that at that point we stop. We do not go any further because we know it's wrong when we do that. We cross that line. We are no longer holy and godly because we are then gone beyond the doctrine. Now, this is not something that... Uh, the, the guys don't worry about this on the screen, this part here. I, but have you ever heard of that song, Say I Won't by Mercy Me? Man, great song. Listen to the words. Today it all begins. I'm seeing my life for the very first time through a different lens. Yesterday, I didn't understand. Driving 35 with a rocket inside, didn't know what I had. While I've been waiting to live, my life's been waiting on me. I'm going to run. No, I'm going to fly. I'm going to know what it means to live and not just be alive. The world's going to hear because I'm going to shout, and I'll be dancing when circumstances drown the music out. Say I won't. Now, that is, the words of that song are just so appropriate for us. We're waiting on life. Sometimes people are waiting, as a Christian, they're waiting on life to begin. It's already started, people. We need to wake up. We need to live to, to God right now. Live for him in the fullest part that we can right now. Don't wait until you get a sign from God. The sign's right here. He's told you in the word. Live now. Live now because in a second, in a heartbeat, I'll be back and you will not be ready. We all need to do that. God wants to give us the first thing I want to say here is wisdom. Spiritual wisdom, knowing how to operate in the spirit in any given situation. God wants to give us wisdom in every decision we make in our lives. If any man lack wisdom, what does the word of God say? Let him ask of God. That was one of the prayers I had as a young man. I want, I want God, I want to say, God, please give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. I want wisdom. And you never make that point to where you've arrived at wisdom. Revelation, God wants the believers to walk in the characteristic of the Spirit where divine revelation can be poured into our lives. Now, the revelation doesn't mean you take this word of God and you go, oh, I've learned something new. <laughs> that is not revelation of God. That's man's, all right? The word of God tells it all right here. And if you have something new to add to the word of God, it's not from God. This is the author and the finisher of our faith is Jesus Christ. And he is all in the scriptures right here. Enlightened. God wants our eyes open to the things the natural man cannot see. That's one thing that we see today is we, we look at people and we go, why can't they understand the truth? No matter how much you, you argue and explain something to someone, sometimes they can't get it because they don't have the Holy Spirit living in them to open their eyes to the truth. We see uh, how, what's happening in Washington all the time and we go, that doesn't work. You, you've tried this before. It will not work. Why do you keep doing it? Because their eyes are blinded to the truth. Spiritual enlightenment is seeing the things of faith, you know, that others miss. Uh, 
there was a man, he went to Africa again. Another guy went to Africa. Uh, he took his faithful uh, dog, Dachshund. Is that how you say the name of that dog? Okay. Along for company. One day, the Dachshund uh, starts chasing butterflies. And before long, this Dachshund has, discovers that he is lost. Wandering about, he notices a leopard heading rapidly in his direction. Okay. And with the obvious intention of having lunch at his expense. Okay. The Dachshund thinks to himself, I'm in deep trouble now. Then he noticed some bones on the ground close by, and immediately he settles down to chew on those bones with his back to the approaching cat. Just as the leopard is about to leap, the Dachshund exclaims loudly, Boy, that was one delicious leopard. Oh, I wonder if there are any more around here. Hearing this, the leopard stops. He stops and he looks around. Terror comes upon his face and he slinks back away into the trees. It says the leopard, that was close. That dashing nearly got me. Meanwhile, a monkey had been watching all this and the whole scene from a nearby tree. And he figures he can put this knowledge to good use and trade it for protection from the leopard. So he goes to the leopard and he says, that dashing was, saw you coming. And with great speed, and, and he, he pretended to eat this uh, animal up and claimed it was a leopard and it wasn't and he and he tells him everything's going on the, la- the leopard is furious that he's been made a fool so he says okay you hop on my back monkey and let's go over there and let's get this dealt with right away so the monkey gets on they go over there the dashing sees him coming and he sees the leopard with the monkey on his back and thinks what am i going to do now but instead of running, the dog sits down with his back to his attackers, pretending he hasn't seen them yet. And just when they get close enough to hear, the Dachshund says, Where's that monkey? I sent him an half an hour ago to bring me another leopard. <laughs> I tell you that story because we need wisdom in the Christian life. We need to be wise like that. Satan walks about as a roaring kitty. No, that's not what Scripture tells us, is it? As a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You and I, we must be wise. Satan has a a, a trap set up for us. If we're following God, he's got traps all over the place. And we have to be wise to walk through life and not step on those those traps. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. All right? We are to be wise in our lives because the world is looking at us. Sometimes the fight's not worth it if you lose the soul of that individual. You got to be wise when to say, okay, enough of this. I just want them really to know Jesus. I don't care what they believe politically or or scientifically or whatever jesus christ is the ultimate goal amen we are and and i i want to um sometimes you just get a message like this one today and you just want people to get it really bad and it's all in your hands I've shared it with you. I put it out there. And now, whether you take it and you go out of here and you are a new person in Christ because you've heard God's word. Not me. You didn't come here to hear me. I guarantee you that. You came here to hear God's word, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Right? That's who you want to hear from today. I pray that I've been that conduit that you've been able to do that. So if you have heard him, you've heard something that should change you today. 
You've heard something that should make you say, what do I need to change to be more like Christ? And how can I be a witness for him? Because uh, my next point, which I'm not getting into today, I'm going to save it for next time, is we are ambassadors in Christ. That's our job, to be a witness, to share. And I'll get into that later. But I want you to know, it's now in your court, so to speak. It's in your lap. It's in your hands. What are you going to do with the truth that God has revealed to you today? Are you going to take it and you're going to say, I'm going to strive to do more than I have been? That's what our goal should be. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah. We should do more for Jesus Christ. He has shared with us from his word. Why do I read so much scripture? Because it's not me that's speaking. It's God's word that's speaking to us. And it's not just me. When I go through this, you know what I love about preaching the most? Is I get to read the word of God and hear from God before you do. And I get to go, wow, I got to work on this. I got to improve this. I got I to be better at this because if I can't do it, how can I expect anybody else that hears it? It first starts right here. And when I hear it, I want to share it with you because I got excited about it. Man, I've been, I've been with some preachers and it's like, I'm here today, praise God. You know, and I don't, I'm not saying I, any of you know them because you haven't been in places I have. But boy, when I get with those guys, I'm like, yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe that you really are praising God. I want an excitement in church. Do you want to be excitement, have an excitement in church? I want to be happy to be in God's house. I want people to leave here today and say, man, wasn't it great to be in God's house today? Right? Yeah, I, I'm, if I, I, I get 50% right now. I'm not hearing a whole lot of it. Okay. Now we're getting there. Yeah, I know some of you are going, I'm thinking about it. Give me a chance, will you? Okay. I know you're there with me. I know Calvary Baptist Church. I spend a lot of time here. I know your heart. I know your love for God. And man, do you have a blessing with these people who, who come here and, and play for God. What a blessing you have. Do you, and what a beautiful building. In Australia, we have public places that we meet at, that we go in and set up chairs every day. And, and I thank the Lord that you have this. I'm not jealous of, well, okay, maybe a little. But I'm thankful for Calvary and the community and the witness you've had for years and years here. But go on to greater things, Amen. We can't be complacent because the world's not getting better. It's getting worse. And Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, he's coming soon. Amen. As a matter of fact, let me tell you, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I, the Lord brought it to my mind, so here it comes. In Australia, as you walk about, everywhere you go, you take your cell phone. You have a QR code. When you walk into a business, you scan that QR code. The business knows if you've been vaccinated, and the government knows everywhere you go. Now, after a while, so long, so every once in a while, the government sends out a text to your phone, and they say, prove where you are. You have to go out in front of the business, take a selfie picture, and send it to the government, letting them know where you are. Let me tell you today, that is not far from here or here. Jesus is coming back. Are we ready? Are we ready for that? It's soon. When? I don't know. I won't predict the time. I mean, you know, I've heard people saying it all my life, he's coming back soon. Well, all right, you got a billion years of life in 10 years. I say 10 years, okay? I'll say, yeah, that's soon because I live to be a billion years old. Ten, 10 years is nothing in a billion years, right? But imagine never having, no, here's Jesus. 
Clocks? Ain't no such thing as clocks. <laughs> There's no such thing as clocks. So, so when he says soon, he means in all of eternity, soon is, could be a million years. Who knows? But it, it is soon to God. But I'm telling you, I'm looking at the times and I'm going, it's getting close. When I have to go into every business in Australia and scan that code, I don't like that. Do you want that to happen here in America? We should be praying that it never comes here. One day it will. There's no stopping that. But let's delay it as long as possible. This world is not our home. We're here for a short time. Jesus is coming soon. And if you're here today and you've heard the word of God and you've been convicted of your sin, I want to invite you to come forward here in just a few minutes. Somebody will share him with you and lead you so that you can know the forgiveness of sins and know that you're going to be in heaven one day. And Christian, maybe you're here today and you say, I have not been living for God like I should. Today, commit to him. Say, I'm starting over. I'm getting it, I'm getting it even better than before. I've come into God's house. I've heard his word. And I am leaving here changed. Dear Lord, Thank you for today. Thank you for this message, Lord. And I pray that I have shared it with the, these folks in a way that someone here today who does not know you might come and be saved, Jesus. Maybe they have heard before how they can be saved and haven't taken that step. I pray today, today, Lord, will be the day they say, I'm going to do it. If there's some Christian here today who's been waiting on life, Oh, Lord, I pray that they'll come forward and say, I want to live. I want to live today. I, wanna, I don't want to run. I want to fly. I want to be what Jesus has called me to be. I'm so tired of being the same old, same old. I want people to look at me and say, what's different about them? Lord, may we all have the strength, the courage to come down and make it right with you today. Because Jesus... You are the reason for everything that we do. May we always remember that, Lord. Thank you for your death on the cross. Thank you that I'm forgiven of my sins, that one day I'll be in heaven with you. And I pray that every person here will also have that, that security, that comfort to know. Dear Lord Jesus, help us today. In your name I pray, amen.